Come on now. What's going on, guys? Y'all, SeaWorld front row. I'm going to start spitting. How y'all doing tonight? Doing good? All right. Waiting for all the, we done throwing them? All right, let's bow our heads. Lord, we just thank you uh, for tonight. God, I thank you for each person that's here. Lord, that they're not here by chance. Um, But you want to do something tonight in their lives. And God, I just ask that you would speak through me. And Lord, that we would just all receive. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Lord, we pray for your presence to begin to fill this room. Lord, we ask that you would change us. Lord, that you would convict us. Lord, that you would bring to remembrance how good you are. Lord, that you are God, you're our Father, you're our friend. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. What's going on, guys? How we doing? Doing good tonight? You guys could be knocking on random people's doors like a bunch of weird high school students that are a little bit too old to be trick-or-treating, but you chose to be here tonight. And I believe that there's going to be something cool that happens, um, and I'm just waiting for it um, to play out. So uh, anybody, it's your first time. First time. First time. First time. Awesome. What's going on, man? What's your name? Taylor. It's good to meet you. What was your name again? Danny. That's right. What was your name, man? What is it? Jonas, Jonas, Taylor, Danny. What was it? Taylin, Taylin. I thought it was Taylor. Glad you guys are here. Um, The rest of the crew that is normally here, I'm glad you're here as well. So we are in a sermon series. Listen up. Y'all are distracted. You're killing me right now. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, We're in a sermon series called Stranger Things, right? You guys got to help me out a little bit. It's quiet in here. You guys talk, talk back a little bit, all right? We're in a sermon series called Stranger Things, right? Who's seen Stranger Things? Who saw like one episode and they're like, ah, uh, I'm not about that. <laughs> Boo. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're doing that series, the Netflix series. Um, and this is our third week of doing it. Pastor Jeremy spoke. Pastor Cole spoke. Um, and tonight I'm going to be closing out the message on Harvest Night. It's not Halloween night. Harvest Night. Harvest Night at the Crossing. Everybody say harvest night. Harvest night. You guys ready for some nachos and candy? You guys like nachos? You don't like nachos? All right. Yeah. So tonight, I'm going to be talking about the upside down. Who knows what the upside down is? All right, I'm going to explain. So in Stranger Things, there's these four dudes. Four guys are hanging out. They're, uh, the first episode, they're hanging out. They're playing this game at someone's house. And basically, they all leave. It's a school night. They ride their bikes. One of the friends, Will, kind of goes off by, on his own. You guys remember when you guys were scared, we played that clip. Something big jumps out. He swerves into the woods on his bike. And what you guys didn't see is he then runs to his house, he tries to get help, tried to figure out what is after him. He runs to a shed, gets a gun, points it, lights go out, and he's gone. 
And so where Will went in that moment was the upside down. Everybody say upside down. He went to the upside down and that was basically a different realm or dimension and it's very dark, it's very gross. It's almost like it's rotting in the upside down, decaying, it's slimy. It's like a forest, kind of like what you guys walk through on the way in. Do you guys like that? Can you give it up for everybody that helped out? It's all so cool up in here. And so just to give you a little bit of uh, kind of a look at the upside down, we have a video, uh, and this is Nancy, one of the boys, older sisters, going into the upside down. Go ahead and check this out. I don't care who's in there, I ain't going in. Should we just watch an episode right now? Hey. Acting like you're on a roller coaster. So, so that is the upside down. Who wants to go into the upside down? You guys trying to rumble with some creatures in there? I think you lie. I think you run home. Be scared. The upside down. The upside down. And here's my big idea for tonight. Just as one decision can lead you into the upside down, one encounter with Jesus can bring you out. One more time. Just as one decision can lead you into the upside down, one encounter with Jesus can bring you out. And so I wanna talk tonight about how the upside down is our sinful nature, is our worldly culture that we live in. And now the right side of, everybody say right side up, is how God has created us to live, how God wants us to live with his commandments, doing his will, serving him. That's the right side up. But in our life, we're faced with the upside down on a daily basis. 
Every time you walk the hallways, you go into your class, the upside down is all around you. And sometimes it's easy to begin to enter into the upside down, into the sinful nature. And once we get inside of this upside down realm, this ooey gooey weird realm of sin, we can get lost and it can become our norm. We can get lost in this area and we don't know how to get out of it. But I want to tell you tonight, there's good news that an encounter with Jesus can bring you out of wherever you are. An encounter with Jesus can help you through whatever you're going through. Not that it is always going to be easy in life, but we know that we have a good, good father. And so I want to start by reading Romans 12 too. I'm going to put it up there. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's a pattern of this world. There's an upside down to this world that we have to run from, that we have to run to God. And how we do that is we begin to spend time with the Lord. We begin to spend time with Christ. We begin to read the word. We begin to press in on things that are counter from our culture. But we know by this scripture that there is a pattern of this world, but we should live to the pattern of Christ, not to the pattern of this world. And there's this um, kind of this quote that I've heard a lot and um, it's kind of catchy, but I wanna tell you why it means a little bit more to me. And here, here's kind of the, the quote, I think we have it up there, talking about sin. We have it? No? No, no, okay. Did you put it on there? Yeah? Hold on a second. I'm going to read it and they're going to get up there. It says, sin will take you farther than you want to go. Everybody say farther. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Everybody say longer. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. Everybody say pay. I'm going to read it again. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And so I always heard this, and I, I was like, okay, that's cool. But it means a little bit more to me because when I was nine years old, I wanted to share a kind of a personal story, something that I went through, my family went through that wasn't very good. When I was nine years old, I remember that my mom and dad, they received a phone call. And I remember during that phone call, I saw them kind of answer the phone normal and then turn to tears. So you see, my mom, her sister, had died of a, a drug overdose. And at the age of nine, all I could do was mourn. I really couldn't ask questions as to what happened or, or what led to this. But later on, I grew up, I was more so your age in high school, and I remember getting to a point and reflecting on what would happen when I was nine years old. And I asked my mom, I said, what, what led my aunt to get to this point? What happened? Why did this happen? Can you take me back to a moment in time in her life that you saw that things began to change and things shifted? And she said that it began when she was about 14 years old with simple disobedience and rebellion against parents. 
See, this led her away to begin to do things that her parents told her not to do. She began to smoke weed, she began to drink. Through high school, things progressed and into college even more, and she began trying harder and worse drugs, leading to an addiction to heroin. And it was at that point that we received the phone call. And so I say that quote, that it takes you a little bit further than you want to go. It keeps you a little bit longer than you want to stay, and it costs you a little bit more than you want to pay. Not because it's a cool quote, because I saw it inside of my family take somebody to a point that they never expected simple disobedience and rebellion, or maybe it's just a hit or it's just a drink, led them to. And so I want to encourage you today that what you do, the acts you do, the things you do matter. And God isn't calling you not to do these things because he's saying, I don't want you to have fun. I don't want you to experience this. He's saying, I don't want you to go down a road of hurt and pain and sorrow that you maybe can't come back from. just as one decision can lead you into the upside down, the same as one encounter with Jesus can bring you out. One encounter. And that's when I see you guys in here and we worship and it's, it's kind of a time to hang out and you know, kind of talk to each other, or, you know, goof around, you do a little dance. Sometimes it hurts seeing that because I'm like, man, if you could just encounter Jesus if you could just say, I'm gonna throw off the day, I'm gonna throw off what's going on in my head, I'm gonna turn things off so I can focus on the almighty God who wants a relationship with me. But sometimes we're like, oh, I don't even wanna raise my hands, I don't even wanna worship, why am I even here, what are they even saying? But when we tune into the Father, something can begin to stir inside of your life and begin to impact you for not only tonight, not only for today, but for the rest of your life and the people around you. You see, a lot of times we focus just on us and ourselves, but we don't know that when we press into God, what happens around us. You think things begin to shake, things begin to move when we press in and we begin to get closer to the Father. A lot of times we're thinking about us, One encounter with Jesus can bring you out. One encounter. So I don't know where you are this morning, or this morning. I'm getting wild. I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what your life looks like. Trey, can you give me a little keys? I don't know what's what's going on in your mind right now. But I do know that God is greater than anything that we can come up against. That he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That he desires this, your heart. Surrendering to him.
I don't know what upside down you're in, what upside down you've gone through, how deep you've been lost into the upside down. But I do know that the things we do matter. And I do know that there is a God that Jesus right now wants nothing more than your heart. All of it. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. If we don't give him everything, it isn't a thing that we say, okay, God, you can have this and this and this, and I'm gonna keep this, this, and this. He wants everything. He loves you so much that he desires not bits and pieces and what we pick out and we give to him of our life. He desires and he wants all of it because that's when we can truly be transformed from the inside out. We don't have to fake it. We don't have to raise our hands and say, I look holy this week. We can literally be changed from the inside out. It's not about here, it's about right here. He loves you so much, he desires it. He longs for a relationship for you. He longs for you, he desires you, he wants you, he loves you. I played the game of this before. Sunday morning, making my parents happy because they see me with my hands up, yet I'm going through more than they could ever imagine. I'm doing more than they could ever imagine, but they see this. But what is this without this? I can do this all day. When he changes this, when he changes your heart, when you say, God, I'll give it to you. I'm scared, I'm nervous, I don't know what this means. I don't know what friends will leave me. I don't know what people will shun me. I don't know if my boyfriend or girlfriend will say, you're weird now, I'm, I'm gone. But when we come to a point of desperation and we come to a point where we go, I don't wanna be in this upside down, this dark world, this world that is fake, these friends that are fake, this life that I portray that is fake, I want the one and only and true God, Jesus Christ, to take captive of my heart, to take captive of my life and to walk with me. Because your friends won't get you there, your parents won't get you there. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend won't get you there, but Jesus Christ will get you there. And there is eternal life inside of Jesus. But it takes something from us. It takes us going, God, I give it to you. I take my wants, my desires, my future, my everything, and I lay it at your feet. And I say, God, you can do whatever you want with my life because I'm done doing me. I'm done thinking about myself only. And when we come to that point, when we're on our knees before God and we, we say, God, I want you to take over, things begin to change in here. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to pretend. It's my desire to see you guys 
come to know Jesus on a different level. And it takes giving him everything, not bits and pieces. In John 4, we hear this story about the Samaritan woman. And Jesus, he walks up to this well. His disciples roll out, they go to the town to get some food for themselves and Jesus. And he's at the well with this Samaritan woman who a Jew would have no place talking to. They wouldn't talk to a Samaritan woman. And so Jesus, he, he looks at this lady who's at the well and he says, will you get me a drink? She's kind of put back. She's surprised that this is even taking place, this encounter, because it shouldn't happen. Maybe like some of you today, tonight, you might say, I, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling God? Like, I don't even deserve salvation. I don't even deserve this but it's a free gift. And Jesus comes up and he asks for a drink of water from this lady and she's like, what are you doing? And sometimes that's like us, right? Like God's like showing us love and we read in the word that he loves us and we're like, I don't even deserve this. Did you not see what I did last night? Did you not see what was going through my mind? I know you see everything. And I think that's what was happening with this woman. And so, Jesus says to her, give me a drink. And then he begins to talk about if she would drink from something else, that she would never thirst again. And he was talking about salvation for this woman, that she could be saved, that she could have eternal life in Christ. And she wasn't even getting it. She's like, what do you mean? And it reminded me of moments in my life where I could never fulfill an empty area. Has anybody ever been there? Like you just feel empty. You feel like there's nothing, like there's a, a hole inside of you and you're trying to fill it. You're trying to ignore it. You're trying to do things to get around it, but it's there. It doesn't leave. And Jesus talks about this thirst he says, if you drink from this well, you'll thirst again. But if you drink from the living water, you'll never thirst again. You'll never thirst. And I believe God's asking you guys tonight, are you thirsty? Are you dehydrated? Are you longing for something that you're not sure where to find? Are you in need? Jesus wants to be your satisfaction. He wants to satisfy you. He wants to fill that area. He wants to build a relationship with you tonight. You see this lady, she Again, it started to click and she's like, I know this one person will come and save us. And he said, I am that person. And on that day she received salvation. I love how later on in this scripture in John four, we see that this Samaritan woman, she goes back to where she was from and she told 
about everything that had happened with Jesus. You know, he kind of read her mail. She go, he, he, he first told her, he said, go back and get your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. Jesus was like, no, you got five of them, honey. You got five husbands. And actually the one that you're living with right now, he ain't your husband. He knows what's going on in your life. He still wants all of it. It's all the mess, every part of it. My question tonight is, will you give him your life? Will you give it to him? Are you tired of being thirsty? Are you tired of being empty? Are you tired of having to fake it? when he wants you to experience the real thing. It's like walking around with Monopoly money going, I got all types of money, but you don't got the real thing. He wants to give you the real thing tonight. He does. Can we just bow our heads? Salvation is a gift, a free gift. God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and I. Because he saw how broken, he saw how desperate, he saw how much of a need we needed for a savior to come. And so Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for dying, by dying on a cross for you and I with us on his mind, he died and he suffered. He took the pain upon himself instead of the pain coming and being directed at you. And tonight he's offering that free gift. Jesus is saying, do you want it? Can we just repeat this prayer after me? Say, Jesus, I need you. Come on, come on, we gotta say a little, say Jesus, say I'm desperate. I need you in my life. Will you save me? give you my heart, all of it, all of it, all of it. Forgive me my sins. Save me in Jesus' name. Amen. With nobody looking around, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. prayed that prayer, we're not going to give you a card. We're, if you prayed that prayer tonight, on the count of three, will you lift your hand? I want you to find somebody and talk to them Well, what happened tonight. If you, if you made that decision tonight for the very first time that you said, God, you are the Lord of my life. I choose you. On the count of three, will you lift your hand? One, two, three. Lift it up. Thank you, Jesus. If you made that decision, just find a leader right now, right, right, right when we come up to worship. Find a leader. Um, it's funny, I put the, you guys can look up, you guys can look up. Y'all were listening. Lord is so good. I switched it up right at the last minute today on you guys, and I'm thankful that you guys can uh, change it up. But we're gonna sing Set a Fire. 
set a fire. And it's asking God, set a fire in my life for you that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. And if you truly want more of God tonight, I want you to stand at your feet as we start this song. I want you to stand at your feet and begin to worship him from here. Okay, come on, let's stand up.